Perhaps you are much like me. I hate suffering. I hate suffering. It's something deeply ingrained within all of us from very young on. It's often spoken of on the natural level as the pleasure and the pain principle. Seek what's pleasurable and avoid that which is painful. And think of what we do with little babies. If they're not happy, they let us know. There's some pain, there's some discomfort, they let us know, and we resolve it by bringing comfort to them. Not at all suggesting that's a bad thing to do the right things to care for them. The point I'm getting at is that there's a very natural inclination for us to have what's pleasurable and to avoid what's painful, even as we grow older, even as adults. On top of that, we have original sin. Original sin, one of the examples would be one of the capital sins of sloth laziness. Just think of how easy it is to tend to be lazy rather than to be motivated. The invitation for all of us as Christians is to come to discover the dignity, the value, and the precious gift of suffering, of doing that which is difficult, not complaining about the trials and the sufferings we have in life. And to do it with the right reason. How do we do it? If we can allow all of our passions so we don't feel like getting up when the alarm goes off, we don't feel like whatever the thing is we don't want to do for the day, get our exercise in, to do it to let our reason, our intellect, guide our passions so that we still choose the right thing even if we don't feel like doing it. It helps us to regulate by prudence, by natural reason, what is the prudent thing to do, the reasonable thing. Then, to allow reason to be enlightened by faith as it relates to suffering. We see in our readings today, particularly in our second reading in our gospel, a profound teaching of Jesus' suffering. Jesus knew there was great value to suffering. It is what the Father asked him to do, to take on the sins of all the world. Obviously, he would not have wanted it, and he suffered much in anguish, as he anticipated the suffering that would happen to him. As we know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was in such anguish of knowing what was ahead that he would suffer much. And of course, we don't want to suffer physically, emotionally, the rejections, the abuse, the scourgings, the crucifixion, and death. Anybody in their right mind, so to speak, on the natural level would want to avoid those things. By nature, we're rightly ordered to avoid things that are bad for us. In a certain way, that would be very bad for us, of course. Ah, but not when it comes to faith. Because we realize that the gift of Christ's sacrifice is actually what enabled us to be saved from our sins, to restore us back in right relationship to God. It was the cost 
of all the sins of the world, from the first fall of Adam and Eve until the end of time when God chooses that to be. So Jesus, though his passions would tell him, don't do it, his reason, probably wrestling to try to get his mind around this, his communion with the Father and the Father's communion and clear direction that he was to take this on. But the key in all of it is what moved his will in the end. What moved his will is love. Seeking the good of the other rather than what's easy or pleasurable, more comfortable for oneself. Let's go right to the scriptures to see how this plays out in our beautiful readings today. In our second reading today from this letter to the Hebrews, St. Paul is preaching. In the days when Christ Jesus was in the flesh, so when he had his human nature before he was crucified and died, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who would be able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. This particular passage can be perplexing for us. At least it is for me, because what do you mean he had to learn obedience? Why did he have to do it through suffering? I thought he was perfect. Jesus is perfect, always has been perfect. But what's being referred to here is the fullness of the Father's plan of the suffering and death of Jesus would only be perfected, fulfilled, when it was complete. When the sacrifice of the will was offered to God, the embrace of the suffering motivated by love. So we understand that beautiful insight from St. Paul. Jesus is teaching in this gospel today as the Passover was getting close. Things were ramping up in Jerusalem as he knew his time was coming closer to the end. And Jesus says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now notice immediately what he goes to. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. He was teaching us that he, like us, need to die to self. And it's that sacrifice of our sufferings uniting them to Jesus, to the Heavenly Father as an act of love, how we ourselves share in that beautiful plan of God, saving us and saving those whose hearts are open to God's incredible gift of love. We turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. This is indeed a very challenging gospel. It's a very challenging message. Jesus goes on to say, whoever loves his life loses it, but whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Meaning, if we love God and we love others more than anything else, means we're willing to suffer anything, sacrifice anything. So our life is no longer driven by that which brings pleasure. 
nor is it that which is merely what seems to be most reasonable on a human level, nor is it merely what God has revealed to us, but it's the motivation of love that's behind it that becomes the source of redemption. So now you get to go home and tell your family, we get to suffer. And the more we suffer, the better it is. How do we do that? Lent is a time of prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Why? To get the focus off of ourselves, to discipline our passions, to rightly order our intellects, to be generous to others. And as we discipline ourselves, we find the passion, that flame grows less strong, and the flame of love then can grow stronger in our heart. As I think back on my life, so much of my life is driven by what's pleasurable, what's the next most comfortable thing to do, the thing that I'm going to most enjoy. I don't always get up in the morning and think, okay, how can I suffer today? Ah, but if we just ask the question, God, how can I love best today? By you filling me with that gift which helps order my passions, my reason, what I believe and know to be true, which you revealed in Scripture, because it's motivated by love. Jesus on the cross did that because he was motivated by love. And he was willing to give everything. Everything. Let's pray for the grace, the remainder of this Lenten season, to allow our whole being to be filled with God's love so that as suffering comes our way, it won't be as Von Zeller, he's a more contemporary spiritual writer, speaks of. It's not just like, well, ugh, I have to accept it. It's not even like, okay, I finally get to the point where I accept it. But it's, I choose this. Father, I choose the trials, the sufferings, the disappointments, the losses, the agonies of life because it's part of your plan. But I need you so it can be done for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. Let's pray for that grace for ourselves and for each other.